Nim, and this is A Spoonful of Medicine, topping up your paediatric knowledge one spoonful at a time. Welcome to episode four in our Prematurity series. In this episode, we're going to be talking about retinopathy of prematurity, when those blood vessels in the eyes don't quite develop normally and vision problems may ensue. ROP, or retinopathy of prematurity, is a recognised complication of being early born. It is also something that you may see in the NICU being screened for or maybe a child later on in life where they have vision problems resulting from ROP. Either way, it's a big topic to know about and to understand. So let's crack on. You know the drill. Let's kick off with some definitions. Retinopathy of prematurity or ROP for short is a disorder resulting from the disruption of normal development of retinal vasculature. Vasoconstriction and obliteration of advancing capillary beds can then be followed by neovascularization or abnormal vascularization. The retina can be edematous, can have hemorrhages, and at the worst can cause vision problems and damage and may even lead to blindness. In terms of epidemiology, ROP is almost exclusively seen in preterm infants. The risk of getting ROP actually increases the earlier you are born and also the lighter you are, with each 100 gram increase in birth weight reducing your odds of retinopathy of prematurity. Overall, approximately 65% of infants weighing less than 1.25 kilograms when they are born develop ROP. So it's pretty common. Interestingly, Threshold disease or evidence of significant ROP occurred at a median post-conceptional age of about 36 to 37 weeks, regardless of gestational age at birth or chronological age. So these babies do need screening and follow-up ongoingly. Now that we have an idea of how common ROP is, let's have a look at the pathophysiology and the embryology of ROP because it's really important to understand the crux of it as to why it does happen and understand why that early and lighter weight babies are at higher risk. In the normally developing retina, there are no retinal vessels until approximately 16 weeks gestation. Until then, oxygen diffuses from the underlying choroidal circulation. At 16 weeks, in response to simulation, cells derived from the mesenchyme travel through the nerve fibre layer and go into the optic disc head. These cells are precursors to the retinal vascular system. From here, a fine capillary network advances through the retina. More mature vessels form behind this advancing network. Regulation of this vascularization process involves various factors, including vascular endothelial growth factor, or VEGF, and insulin-like growth factor, or IGF-1. The vascularization itself occurs from the nasal side outwards, or medial to lateral. The vascularization on the nasal side is complete at approximately eight months gestation, and at term on the temporal side. Once the retinal vasculature is completely vascularized, there is no longer susceptibility to ROP. So we need to follow babies up to ensure that this complete vascularization has occurred. So why do early babies or light babies get ROP? In utero, it's a hypoxic environment. And so these vascular endothelial growth factors and other growth factors respond to this hypoxic environment 
and produce more blood vessels. That's how the body often works. However, once you're born, the atmospheric and supplemental oxygen that we give babies causes a hyperoxia or a more oxygen-rich environment. This reduces the amount of IGF-1 and vascular endothelial growth factors, and this then leads to premature arrest of the vessel growth. This delayed and deficient vascularization means that the peripheral retina becomes a little bit more hypoxic. This hypoxic retina releases more vascular endothelial growth factor, and that then leads to abnormal angiogenesis. And that abnormal angiogenesis is a neovascularization we see in ROP. There appears to be two distinct phases in the development of ROP. Phase 1 is early vasoconstriction and obliteration of the capillary network. And this occurs in response to that high oxygen concentration once the baby is born. And that is why high oxygen concentrations are actually a high risk for ROP. Concentration of IGF-1 is low in very low birth weight infants and also early in the postnatal period. This low amount of IGF-1 contributes to the lack of retinal blood vessel formation in that phase 1 of ROP. In phase 2, we have vasoproliferation. This occurs in response to angiogenic factors that are released by that hypoxic retina. Now that we know what ROP is and the pathogenesis that underpins it, what are the risk factors? Well, one of the big ones that is talked about is oxygen. However, the association with ROP with oxygen alone is not as clear. Transient hyperoxia alone is not sufficient. It is often longer or prolonged periods of hyperoxia that lead to ROP or lead to a higher risk of ROP. Many other factors such as extreme prematurity, apnea, sepsis, hyper and hypocapnia, that's carbon dioxide, interventricular hemorrhages, anemia, need for multiple transfusions, hypoxia, lactic acidosis, all of this can lead to angiogenic factors being released and abnormal vascularization within the retina. In terms of screening, it depends on your unit guidelines to check out what you guys do where you are. As a generalisation, the Queensland guidelines as of 2021 said that all babies that are born less than 31 weeks gestational age or less than 1.25 kilograms should be screened for ROP. Babies that are older than that, so they're born more than 31 weeks and are heavier than 1.25 kilograms that have a considerably rocky course can also be considered for ROP screening as they may have a higher risk of developing it. Screening itself for ROP is facilitated through the ophthalmology services. The first examination is often at four to six weeks of age or at age 31 weeks gestational age. So in other words, if you have a baby that's born at, say, 30 weeks, they can get their first exam at four to six weeks of age. If they're born very early, say at 26 weeks, they often will get their first examination at around 31 weeks gestational age. ROP screening is continued every one to two weeks at the discretion of the ophthalmology team until retinal vascular maturity has been reached. And this is often at around 40 to 43 weeks gestational age. This means that often a lot of babies in the nursery, both in the NICU as well in the special care, will be having ROP screening quite frequently. 
Now let's have a look at the clinical presentation of ROP. Before we look at the stages of ROP, we need to understand the zones of the retina because often when you look at the ophthalmology report, you'll see zone 1, zone 2, zone 3 and then the degree of ROP after that. The retina is divided into three zones. Zone 1 encompasses the centre of the retina that surrounds the optic nerve as well as the macula. That's the area of the retina that is super important for vision. Zone 2 is like a donut around that zone 1 and it goes a little bit outside and a bit on the periphery, more on the nasal than on the lateral side. And finally, zone 3 is that outer aspect of the retina on the lateral aspect near the ear side. That is the periphery where your peripheral vision is sorted out. There are several methods of classifying ROP. Here, I'll talk about the international classification of ROP because that is what is most commonly used. There are five stages of ROP, stage one being the mild and stage five being the worst. Stage one involves a thin demarcation line that develops between the vascularized region of the retina and the avascular zone. In stage two, this line develops into a ridge that protrudes out into the vitreous humor. This is because new blood vessels start to grow up onto the ridge. In stage three, extraretinal fibrovascular proliferation occurs. And what this means is that ridge becomes bigger in size and extends more and more into the vitreous humor. Visually, this makes the ridge look wider. In stage four, ROP, you get fibrosis and scarring. Traction occurs in the retina, resulting in partial retinal detachment. In stage five, the worst, you have complete retinal detachment. So stage one, thin demarcation line. Stage two, small ridge. Stage three, wider ridge and more into the vitreous humour. Stage four, partial retinal detachment. And stage five, complete retinal detachment. We then talk about plus disease. Plus disease is the presence of dilated and tortuous retinal vessels that increases the risk of progression of ROP to a higher stage. So, for example, you may see a baby that has zone 2, stage 3, plus disease. This means that the baby has abnormal blood vessels with a ridge that is wide, sitting in that donut zone in the retina with abnormal blood vessels. Check out our Instagram page. There's a heap of pictures about the zones, the stages, and pictures of plus disease to help supplement this episode. The diagnosis of ROP is done by an experienced ophthalmological examiner. Increasingly, fundus photography of the posterior aspect of the retina with remote interpretation of the images is being used for more convenience and efficiency clinically. This means that the ophthalmology nurses can come into the NICU, take pictures of that retina, and then the ophthalmologist can review these images at a later date and give us a plan. Now, let's take a squeeze at the management of ROP. Management really depends on what zone is affected, one, two, or three, and the stage or severity of the ROP. When intervention is required for ROP, it is dictated by the ophthalmology team. There are two medications that can be used 
These include bevacizumab and ranibizumab. There are also surgical options for the management of ROF. These can include circumferential cryopexy. We can have laser techniques with laser photocoagulation to help manage it. There can be intravitreal injections of antivascular endothelial growth factors, and that's where bevacizumab and ranibizumab are used. If there's severe stage 4 or stage 5 disease, the babies may need retinal reattachment surgery. And finally, it goes without saying, all of these babies need close eye examination follow-up. Finally, let's have a look at the prognosis and complication of ROP. 90% of cases of stage 1 and stage 2 disease regress spontaneously. That's good news. Approximately 50% of cases of stage 3 with plus disease also regress, so that's great. However, if a baby has worse disease, stage 4, stage 5 or progressing stage 3 disease, their vision is not so lucky. Complications can include retinal detachment, macular folds, myopia, which itself also has a risk of retinal detachment, as well as late complications such as glaucoma, amblyopia, cataracts and strabismus. Low vision secondary to retinopathy of prematurity is associated with high rates of developmental, education, as well as social challenges. So ultimately, ROP at a low stage is treatable and manageable and often regresses spontaneously. However, severe ROP can have significant consequences on a child's vision. And so it needs to be recognised early and treated early as well. And with that, it's time for a recap. Retinopathy of prematurity or ROP is a disorder resulting from the disruption of normal development of the retinal vasculature. Risk factors for ROP include earlier gestational age, lighter birth weight, as well as increased exposure to high levels of oxygen, as well as a rocky clinical course. There are two phases of ROP. This includes the early vasoconstriction and obliteration phase, and then the vasoproliferation phase. Vascular endothelial growth factor and IGF-1 are implicated in the pathogenesis of ROP. ROP is recognised by ophthalmological examination and is classified in terms of the zonate effects as well as the stage of the disease and presence or absence of PLUS disease. ROP is readily screened for in the NICU and special care in babies that are born less than 31 weeks gestational age or are lighter than 1.25 kilograms at birth. Examinations start within four to six weeks of birth and continue every one to two weeks until retinal vascular maturity is reached. This is approximately term gestational age. The management of ROP depends on what zone is affected and the severity of the disease. Options include intravitreal injections of medications such as bevacizumab, cryotherapy, laser therapy, as well as surgery. Complications can include retinal detachment, macular folds, and delayed complications can include myopia, glaucoma, amblyopia, cataract, and strabismus. The good news, however, is most ROP regresses spontaneously with no long-term complication, and that is what we aim for in all our babies. And that's been this week's episode of A Spoonful of Medicine. Thank you so much for joining us. 
If you like what you heard, please subscribe and tell a friend. For the visual learners of us out there, head over to our Instagram page at spoonful.of.medicine for a quick summary of today's episode, along with some other great educational content. If you'd like to get in touch, have a suggestion for a future episode, or have heard something that you think needs a correction, please email us on spoonfulofmedicinepodcast at gmail.com. It's been a pleasure chopping up your paediatric knowledge one spoonful at a time. I can't wait for you to join us on our next episode. But until then, bye.